Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this online worship experience. I'm so thankful that you've chosen to join with us today. And whether you're by yourself or maybe you are gathered together with your family, it means a lot to us that you would take the time to be a part of this online worship experience. Uh, Before I bring today's message, um, I just want you to know I'm coming from my home. We are all in lockdown here in Orlando, Florida. And uh, we have been placed under uh, tight restrictions. And uh, really for the next two weeks, just like many people, we have been quarantined in our homes. And so therefore, I'm coming to you from our living room. And my prayer is that today God is going to use our time together as we are all gathered in our homes. And God will speak to our hearts. And before I um, share something that I want to share Um, that I think is going to be a great source of help and encouragement to you. I also just want to say welcome to all the watch parties because we have a lot of people right now that are gathered in virtual groups. They are online, whether it be Facebook um, groups or whether it's Zoom calls. And there's a lot of people that are gathering and listening and watching uh, that serve on our teams at Rethink Life Church. Many are in their life groups together. And it's such an exciting time to be able to leverage technology and know that perhaps more so than any other time in the history of the world, we are having the opportunity to impact millions of people using technology because we're able to share the hope of Jesus Christ to the entire world. So what an awesome, awesome time this truly is. But let me also just say on a church level that we have some things that we're excited about that we're doing in these unique days of now being uh, digital and all uh, platforms. So for example, uh, we're going to be doing something Uh, Next Sunday, which is April the 5th, Palm Sunday, uh, we're doing our first ever virtual growth track. And so uh, you can learn more about that and get the Zoom link because it's going to be like a a webinar where I'll be walking people through uh, the next steps to get further connected into the life of our church and then also learn how they can begin making a difference. Because when we all gather back together again physically, Uh, in our church environment, uh, we want to be prepared and ready to make the greatest impact we possibly can. And then also, uh, we are going to be doing something I'm excited about. Um, On Good Friday, we're going to be having a a live virtual gathering um, for Good Friday service. And we're actually going to be partaking in communion. And so what a wonderful time to gather with your family and to participate um, by taking the, the, the juice and the bread together and experiencing communion together uh, as we reflect and remember the greatest sacrifice of all. And that, of course, is what Jesus did on the cross for us over 2,000 years ago. So that's Good Friday. And, of course, Easter's coming. So on Easter Sunday, uh, as it's looking right now, we're going to be having our first ever digital Easter And that's not just true of us as a church, but churches all over the country and other places around the world. So with all of that said, uh, please make sure that you are following us on our social media uh, channels as well 
as um, making sure you check our website so you can stay up to date on the latest information because there is a chance there might be a miracle where we all get to gather back together on Easter Sunday. But until further notified, we are planning for a digital Easter and we have something very exciting that we are planning in a very powerful and creative way. Well, today what I want to do is I want to share with you something that God has put upon my heart because we've all experienced through COVID-19, uh, better known as the coronavirus that has impacted the world. If anything, it has created a tremendous disruption to our lives. It's not only forced us to now literally work from home. So many of you, you are working from your home. You've got a virtual office at home. And now because of the kids, if you have children, now they're out of school for the rest of the school year. And so we're all kind of like on top of each other in our home day after day. Therefore, I'm sure patience is running thin. I'm sure, um, you know, everybody is getting on each other's nerves. And I'm sure this new normal is probably something that you wish would hurry up and go back to the old normal so you can have some space to yourself. But at the end of the day, this truly is creating a new way of getting along. It's a new way of doing life. And it certainly has been a major disruption to our lives. But with all of that said, you know, one of the downsides is that many people through this unfortunate uh, crisis that we're facing right now have been placed in some very difficult situations. I've talked to several close friends recently who um, have loved ones who are going through other kinds of medical crisis, some fighting uh, uh, battles with cancer and they're wanting to be with their family members going through chemo. Others have gone through uh, job loss. Now they're finding themselves uh, unemployed and, and they're just in a very difficult place. You know, I think if, if, if we could all perhaps desire one thing at this time in our lives, in light of the circumstances that we're facing, even on a global scale, I think everyone perhaps is longing for a sense of hope. And you know, that truly is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk with you about what it really means to find hope in your life. You know, what's interesting is that um, it's been said that you can go 40 days without food. You can go three days without water. You can go eight minutes without, um, without air, but you can't go a single second without hope. As a matter of fact, if you don't have hope, then life really doesn't have any meaning or purpose whatsoever. In other words, really life comes to an end. But here's the thing, we all need hope. Why? Because we need hope in order to cope through the difficulties of life. I, um, I have read something here recently that I thought was very, very true. In fact, it, Webster's Dictionary defines the word hope in a way that I think is very relevant to what's going on in our world today. And here's how Webster's describes the word hope. It's a positive outcome related to events or circumstances in our lives or in the world at large. Man, that is so true because the world at large is looking for a positive outcome. We're all longing for a positive outcome in light of the situation and circumstances that we're facing. And guess what? The good news is this. We can have hope 
And the way that we find that source of hope is found in a person and his name is Jesus. I had the opportunity recently to talk with our oldest daughter, Rebecca, and, and uh, her husband, our son-in-law, Daniel, who both are worship leaders and are on staff at a church in Birmingham, Alabama. In the light of today's subject matter, I asked them if they would do a personal favor and sing a song that they're about to share with you in a moment of worship that has ministered to me countless times. In fact, it's probably one of my favorite worship songs, and I want you to be blessed as they sing that for us right now. Thank you. 
Well, I pray the message of that song blessed your heart. Well, I want to just say this, that today, I believe more than anything, people are looking for hope. And that source of hope is found in a person, and his name is Jesus Christ, just like that song that we just heard about. But let me just say this. The Apostle Paul also tells us in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, he said these words. He said, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope, with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In my hand is a very rare commodity. This is a silver dollar. You don't see too many of these these days. But you know what is on this coin, which is on most of our currency? What does it say? It says, in God we trust. You see, many people, unfortunately, put their trust in a false sense of hope. They put their trust in material things, or they're putting their trust in a relationship. They're putting their trust in things that ultimately, really, there are no guarantees in, because all of those things can be taken away from us. But what God wants us to do is He wants us to put our complete trust in Him. Why? Because He is the source of hope. There is a guarantee. There is a confident expectation that we have when we know Christ as our Lord and Savior. And when we know Him as our Lord and Savior, what does He promise to do? He gives us hope. He gives us peace. And as a result of that, we can live every day of our life having that confident expectation. Why? Because our confidence has been put in a guaranteed source and His name is is Jesus Christ. He is an unshakable source for our lives. And his name is important. Why is that so important? What's interesting in Psalm 52 verse 9, it says these words, I will give thanks to you forever for what you have done. In the presence of your godly people, the psalmist says, I will wait with hope in your good name. You know, in ancient times, in biblical times, when people name their sons and the, their daughters with a specific name, they did it with a great sense of intentionality. Why? Because their name represented who that person was, and it was a true reflection of not just who they were, but truly the, the characteristics of them. Well, the same is true when it comes to the names that God wanted to use to reveal himself to the Hebrew nation, to the people of Israel. In other words, when God wanted to relate to them, he wanted them to understand because he was their source of hope. He wanted to use names that ultimately they would understand, but more importantly, so that they would understand who he truly was. So, for example, when you think about um, God referring to himself maybe as um, a name such as Jehovah Jireh. What was God saying? He was saying to his people, hey, I am your source of hope. In other words, I am your true provider. I am the God who will supply all of your needs. When God wanted to reveal himself in a sense of peace, what did God say? He said, I am the God of 
shalom. I am the God of peace. So anytime we're wrecked with fear or anxiety or stress in our life, what God wants us to do is he wants to see him as the God of peace, the God of shalom, the one who brings peace to our lives. You know what? When you have moments of healing, which the whole world right now needs a physical touch of healing, and obviously we need a spiritual touch of healing, but what did God say? He revealed to himself as Jehovah Rapha, which simply means the God who heals. And so we need to understand that whether it's physical healing or spiritual healing or emotional healing, God can bring healing and restoration to our lives. Why? Because he is a God who deeply cares. But there's a word that I want to lock in on today, and it's very important. When God wanted to help us understand that he was a God that could be counted upon, you know what he referred to himself as? He referred to him, himself as, as Jehovah, listen to this, Shema. Jehovah Shema. What does that mean? It simply means that I am the God who is always there. So what you need to understand is that God has always been where you have been. In other words, God has been in your past, God is in your present, and God will be in your future. In other words, there is no place where God is not. And what's interesting is that God is not only in the good places, he's also in the bad places. He's in the good times, he's in the bad times. God's in good places, he's also in evil places. And we got to understand there's not a place where God is not. He is a God who is always there. And he is a God who can always be counted on. So there are two things that I want us to learn today about God's presence, who is always with us and who can always be counted on. Why? Because he is our source of hope. And the first is this, his presence is watching over you and me. God's presence is watching over you and God's presence is watching over me. Our daughter, Becca, who uh, sang with her husband, Daniel, a few moments ago when she was a little girl, uh, she was terrified um, you know, of darkness. And of course, at nighttime, when we tried to put her at bed, um, she was always afraid to stay by herself. And we would try to console her and we'd read to her, we'd pray with her and we'd tuck her in and turn out the light. We'd leave the, uh, you know, the door, you know, cracked open a little bit. We had a little night light. And of course we would, Michelle and I, we would go get in bed and we'd be asleep. And then sure enough, um, she would make her way out of her out of her bedroom, down the hallway, and into our bedroom. And there were many times where I would be asleep in the middle of the night. And I don't know why, but I could just sense that there was a presence. In other words, I could just sense that there was something that was like standing over me. And how I knew that is because I could hear her breathing. And it would kind of like startle me when I would finally wake up and realize what was going on and who was standing over me. I would say, Becca, what are you doing? Of course, she would say, well, I'm scared. But she would be standing there. And often I would ask her, I said, how long have you been standing there? And she said, I don't know. But you know, when you think about it, no matter what's going on in your life, we have a God who is always watching over us. We have a God who cares about what we care about. And because he loves us so much, he's watching over every detail of our lives. And so here's what you need to be encouraged by today. 
What you need to be encouraged by is what Isaiah 41 verse 10 says. I love this verse of scripture because it says, so don't worry. Why? Because God is reminding us, I am with you. He said, don't be afraid because I am your God. I will make you strong. I will help you and I will support you with my right hand that saves you. Man, if you got something to write with and maybe a piece of paper, I would highly, highly encourage you to write down these five promises, these declarations. In fact, you ought to post these somewhere in a visible place in your home, on your refrigerator, uh, maybe in the dash of your car, maybe in your mirror when you're getting ready in the morning, because these five truths or promises, I call them declarations that God wants us to be reminded by. And here's what he says. He says, I will be with you. I will make you strong. I will help you. I will support you and I will save you. Man, what an incredible reassurance to us that when we go through the uncertainty of life, when we go through the, the rough waters of life, listen, when it feels as though the rug has been jerked out from under us and all of a sudden we got blindsided and man, we, we, we got hit from the middle of nowhere, guess what? We have a source and his name is Jesus. He's the source of hope and those five promises can serve as our anchor that no matter what's going on, no matter what kind of chaos or crisis I'm in the middle of, my source of hope is guaranteed because my source of hope is in the goodness of our God. And so because of that, he is watching over us. Listen, he cares for us and he cares about the things that have us worried. You know, as I've been talking to a lot of people in these recent days, um, who just recently lost their jobs due to many cutbacks and layoffs that have been occurring, both in small businesses and large companies. And a lot of people have shared with me, they said, Rodney, I don't even know what to do next. In fact, I don't even know if there will be a job waiting for me due to the economy. And, and all of a sudden, now their mind is racing to all the what-ifs in life. Well, what if this? And well, what if that? And well, what if this doesn't work? And what if they? You know, there's a lot of things we can't control all the what-ifs in life. But can I share something with you? As you're trying to figure it all out, as you're trying to figure out what the next steps look like, you may be overwhelmed because you don't even know what to do or even how to go about doing it. Can I give you some words of comfort and, and assurance? Here's what the psalmist says in Psalm 32, verse 8. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life, and I will advise you and watch over you. Now let that sink in for just a moment. God promises that he will guide you along the best pathway of your life and he wants to advise you. In other words, he wants to give you counsel. He wants to give you direction. He wants to give you discernment. Why? Because he wants to help protect you as he watches over you. Man, I don't know about you, but man, that just, that just gives life to me because God loves us and he's, his presence is watching over us. But there's a second promise, and that is this. His purpose is working in us. So God's presence is, is watching over us, and his purpose is working in us. Now, one of the things that I've experienced in 30 years of ministry now, working with people in all kinds of situations and circumstances, is this. 
when people come to me and they say, Pastor Rodney, my, you know, my, my, my spouse just walked out on me. I just lost my job. I was just diagnosed with, a, with an illness that I never thought I would have to deal with. You know what I've learned? I've learned that when people come with the question, and here's the question. The question is, why is this happening to me? And there's no rhyme or reason. There's no logic. There's no, you know, there, there, was, there, there was no warning, so to speak. In other words, it just came out from nowhere and blindsided them. I don't think there's anything harder to deal with in life than when suddenly you're confronted with a problem and there is no sense of rhyme or reason or understanding as to why you've encountered that problem. But on the flip side of that, when you understand that there is a greater purpose, when you understand that, yes, even though you are facing a problem in your life, but you're able to see from a different perspective that there is a purpose behind the problem, then what does that do? It gives you a sustaining grace. It gives you a sense of confidence that you can push through and you can persevere and you can overcome even though you're dealing with hardships and difficulties in your life. Let me share something with you. Many of you right now or maybe experiencing a lot of pain in your life because maybe an unfaithful spouse, maybe because of a wayward son or daughter, maybe because of a, of a diagnosis that maybe you or maybe someone you know or someone that you're deeply um, that that this deeply that you're deeply um, close to or, or that maybe someone you care about has just been diagnosed with a maybe a terminal illness. Maybe you've encountered a miscarriage. Maybe you have gone through some circumstances in your life that no one should ever, ever have to experience. Can I just encourage you today that God has a purpose even in your pain? As a matter of fact, I am totally confident, and I've seen this with countless people, that those who go through some of the most difficult and painful experiences in their life, God can turn those things around. As a matter of fact, I've seen people turn their misery into their greatest areas of ministry for their life. And I believe that. And here's what the Bible wants to, wants to remind us of. As a matter of fact, I used to think, honestly, that life was kind of like hills and, and valleys. In other words, you know, you, when you're on a mountaintop, you know, things are good. And of course, when you're in the valley, you know, and you're in that low time in your, in your life, a time of darkness, you know, things are obviously bad. And so it's kind of like this emotional roller coaster of just highs and lows, mountaintops and valleys. But the truth of the matter is life is more consistent, like two rails on a railroad track where you have something good and then you have something bad going on simultaneously. And what the truth of the matter is, is that even when we have something good going in our lives. Yeah, there are some negative things going on too. But at the same time, when we have painful circumstances and negative things and problems going in our life, there's also a lot of things on the other side of that equation that are also good things. My mom, who uh, is now with the Lord, um, she suffered for years and years with brain tumors. She had, I think, uh, four conventional brain surgeries and 
um, you know, she just suffered for so many years. And there were so many times when we would be by her bedside and she would, one of her favorite scriptures was, was Isaiah 41.10 that we read a few moments ago. And one of the things that she used to love to do is listen to a, a song. It was called the, the God of the Mountaintops and the God of the Valleys. And it's so true because God is in the mountaintops, but you need to be reminded that God is also in the valleys. There's no place where God is not. So his presence is always watching over us, but his purpose is also working inside of us. In Romans 8.28, the Apostle Paul said these words. He said, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So here's what I want you to do. If you get your pen and paper there, I want you to jot down these statements. Why? Because he said, we know. So that simply means there is a guarantee. That means there is a confident expectation. We know. We know that God causes. Now, does God cause all the pain and suffering? Does God cause the coronavirus? Does God cause all these evil things in the world? No, we live in a fallen world, an imperfect world caused by sin. But God causes all things, good, bad, ugly, everything in between. God causes all things, and here's the outcome, to work together. Now, that's important for you to understand, to work together. So everything that we encounter in life, everything, even the bad things, the hurtful things, the things that we never, ever wanted to have to endure, God even works together those things and he can turn it around to become something good. You've probably been wondering what these cookies are doing here on the table. Well, they weren't just for decoration. There's a purpose behind the cookies. You know, these cookies were made from scratch. And if you've ever made cookies from scratch, what do you do? You take some flour, you get some butter, you get some, uh, you get some vegetable oil, you get a little vanilla, you get some salt, and you know, you get, you get all of those ingredients, but nobody eats flour by itself. Nobody, you know, eats butter. I mean, there's some people like butter, but, but you know, you don't, you don't eat, you know, uh, you don't, you don't take a cup and drink, you know, vegetable oil on its own. You don't take a raw egg and, you know, nobody, you know, unless you're Rocky, you know, but nobody likes to eat raw eggs, right? None of those things are good individually by themselves. In fact, they'll go down bitter. They're kind of hard to even swallow. They even make you choke sometimes because they're so nasty. But here's the thing. When you take all of those ingredients and you work them together, here's what happens. You can take life's challenges, circumstances, all the problems that we endure. God can take the chaos of our lives. And what does he do? He works them together and he turns our chaos into cookies. And I believe that's what God wants to do in your current situation. God wants to bring something good out of the bad that maybe you're encountering. God wants to take something good out of the bad that the whole world is experiencing right now. Man, if there was an ever a time for us as believers in Jesus Christ to be intentional about sharing our faith with our neighbors, with coworkers, with other family members, it's now. You know why? Because everybody is experiencing difficulties. But guess what? You know what the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11? 
Listen, it's a wonderful reminder because God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Man, I don't know about you, but that just encourages my heart to know that we have a God who loves us and cares for us. His presence is watching over us. His purpose is working inside of us. And God has a plan and he wants to give us a hope and he wants to give us a future. And he wants to remind us that, hey, in light of the circumstances we're all facing, guess what? He's not finished with us. God is working out that plan God is working inside of us. And as Philippians 1, 6 says, Paul said, I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ's return. Man, I just, I just want you to know that today, regardless of what you're going through, listen, I know it's hard when you lose a job. Man, I know it's, it's painful when, when somebody encounters something that they wish they would have never had to deal with. But can I just simply tell you today that we serve a God who is our source of hope. And listen, he wants to fill your heart with joy and with peace. And he wants to take your problems. And guess what? He wants to turn the bad into something good. He wants to take your chaos and he wants to turn it into cookies if we'll let him. Why? Because he's still working inside of us and he's going to continue to work inside of us so that we can become all that he intended for us to be. I believe when, when it's all said and done, listen, when this coronavirus comes to an end and it goes away, let me tell you something. I believe if we'll let God do what he wants to do in us and through us, hey, he's going to take all of these hardships. He's going to take the trials, the testing of our faith, Listen, he's going to take all the things that the enemy meant for evil. If we'll let him, he'll turn it around for something even better. I believe on the other side of all of this, let me tell you something. You may have lost your job, but I believe God's going to give you an even better one. Listen, if you've encountered setbacks and circumstances, I believe God's going to allow that setback to even become a better set up for what God has for you because he has a hope and a future. So regardless of where you are, can I just encourage you today? Hey, the best place to find hope in your life, his name is Jesus. He is the source of our hope. And today I want to invite you to put your hope and to put your trust in the person of Jesus Christ. Hey, would you do me a favor and join with me in a word of prayer? And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, just even if you're with other people right now, maybe you're in a watch party right now. And you know, maybe there's never been a time where you personally have put your faith and your trust in the person of Jesus Christ. Can I just invite you right where you are to simply close your eyes and pray this prayer in your heart after me? In other words, I'm inviting you to put your complete trust and put your hope in the person of Jesus, the source of your hope. You can pray something like this. Just repeat it in your heart after me. Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner and I turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. And today, by faith, I'm inviting you into my life to forgive me and to save me and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, if you happen to have prayed that prayer just then, I want you to know 
that you are now a child of God. Your name has just been written in heaven. And you got a new beginning. You got a new purpose. You have a new start in your life that God wants to use in ways unlike you've ever experienced. And so today, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer with me, to text these letters. I want you to text the letters RTL saved. That's S A V E D, RTL saved to that number 97,000. And that will shoot you a little form. And I want to encourage you to make sure that you fill out the form in its entirety and then click submit because we want to know that you prayed that prayer. We want to get you some information so that you can begin this new spiritual journey and fulfill, listen, God's greater plan and purpose for your life. Now, one last thing as we uh, transition, I know that many of you, once again, you're watching maybe with friends, you're in a watch party, and maybe you're in a small group, and I want to encourage you um, to stick around. We're going to be having a Q&A here in just a few moments. In fact, my wife and I, my wife Michelle and I are going to answer questions that maybe you have, and so we want to encourage you to send those questions. Go ahead and start thinking about questions that you can submit, and as you're thinking about some of those type of questions. Another thing um, that I want to ask you to do, because it's just a continuation of worship, I want to encourage you to continue to be faithful in your giving. Again, this, this is where we put our source of hope and we put our source of trust in God. You know, the Bible says, trust the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And so we have an opportunity where we can continue to be faithful even in a digital format. So you can give online at rethinklife.com. You can also text to give. That number there will be on the screen. Or if you would like, you can use our app. But regardless of how you give, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to learn to trust God by putting God first, not just in your life, but even putting God first in your finances. And as we begin to walk by faith and not by sight, and as we begin to trust the Lord with all of our hearts, even in this area of giving, as we honor the Lord by giving back what belongs to Him, let me tell you something. God is activated in your life because your faith is activated and He begins to do things. He begins to provide for you and protect you in ways that you could never do on your own. There's no greater joy and no greater feeling than knowing that God is at work and he's providing, he's protecting, and he's opening up doors that no person can shut, all because of our faithful obedience. And so today, let's be faithful in our giving. I'm going to pray now as you prepare to give. I'm going to pray over this offering. Father, thank you for these today who, um, Lord, are just taking that next step of faith and obedience. Thank you for those that prayed um, to put their faith in Jesus today and, and also for those today who are um, honoring you in this area of giving. And I pray that today, Lord, we'll all be reminded that you truly are our source of hope. We love you. Lord, we worship you today. We surrender our lives to you. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for once again for joining us for this online experience. And until next week, hey, continue to be a part of those watch parties and continue to follow us on social media and also be checking our website. 
and we cannot wait to worship together again um, next Sunday. But check out our social media because we're going to be sharing a lot of exciting things in the days to come. I love you guys, and we're praying for you. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.